Caparello. Welcome back to another edition of Leading Matters. Today, I am speaking with Ali Gardner. Got to get into it pretty quickly here in a second, but just a little bit about Ali. He is the co-founder of Unbounce. Unbounce is a uh, landing page system that lets marketers quickly create landing pages and analytics. And again, I kind of reiterate this when we uh, get into the interview, so... You'll see all the details there or hear all the details there. Um, but, you know, I had committed a little while ago to uh, suggesting some of the takeaways from these. Uh, that's why I'm doing them. I, I learned quite a bit. I hope to propagate this knowledge to, to others that are seeking to gain some insight from business leaders and marketing leaders that have really shown a pattern of success and are trying some different things and are approaching what and how they execute in a way that might be new to, to you. So what, what do we take away from this uh, interview with Ali Gardner from Unbounce? Well, you're going to hear a couple of things from him. You're going to hear about um, their values, which one of which is, is courage. You're going to hear about a unique and creative way to how they're acquiring talent. You're also going to hear about their commitment to focus and their investment in partnerships over the ecosystem of the industry that they serve. So uh, listen keenly to how Ali has propagated to his uh, staff the importance of tactical metrics and how they translate that tactics, uh, those tactics into um, engagement, really employee engagement, keeping the workforce focused and centered on the objective at hand. So that the metrics are not only met, but are met from a position of strength where all the employees are committed and excited about delivering those metrics. So what's the takeaway? The takeaway is this. What is your one key performance metric? Very tactical thing that you measure on a daily basis. And then how are you translating the measurement of that that item, that, that, that uh, metric, into the daily execution across your entire organization, right? Whether it's a, a small team, a large team, or a large company. And then what I would suggest is to be honest with yourself about, you know, are, do we have it well enough defined and are we communicating it clearly to our workforce in a way that's going to help them internalize that action, that tactic necessary for the delivery of the metric to the level that we, we want to perform at, right? And if you're not, that's, that's the place to start today is, you know, take a hard look at the metric, how you're communicating that metric and whether or not your workforce really understands it intimately enough, excuse me, so they could adopt it as their own. Okay, so so that's the key takeaway. I hope you you enjoyed this one. I certainly did. I'd like to thank Ali again, and with no further ado, let's go ahead and get started with Ali Gardner, co-founder of Unbounce. Today, I'm joined by Ali Gardner. Ali is one of the co-founders of Unbounce, and Unbounce focuses very specifically on helping marketers build landing pages, gives them a lot of analytics to understand how those landing pages are performing, and Ali is, is very passionate about uh, conversion-centered design. And, and, and matter of fact, what motivated me to reach out to Ali recently, I've been a fan of his work, uh, is he does a, a little series uh, evaluating, kind of pitting two pages against each other, and I thought that was creative enough for me to ask him to join me on Leading Matters. So first things first, Ali, thanks for taking time out of your day to join me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So, Ali, listen, I... Uh, I know you do quite a bit of these things, and as I said before we got on the call, I'm appreciative of your time for sure. But I want to take a, a you know, you, you cover, and I, I want to encourage the audience to go check out Unbounce and what you do specifically, because I think you guys are very dedicated to improving how businesses are trying to make the, that, 
that digital space work for them to convert their traffic into customers. But today I want to take a, a little bit more specific look at Unbounce and, and how you guys have built the values and managed it today. And really the, the first thing I, I was curious to ask you is that Unbounce kind of grew up in the midst of, of really a heavy wave of marketing automation tools. And you know the the temptation is to be all things to all people, but rather than to chase that complete solution, you guys really stuck hard and fast to landing pages and, and conversion metrics and things like that. So, you know, I guess the first question is, you know, how has that decision, how is it made to drive focus on Unbounce as specifically as it has been uh, over your successful history? Well, I mean, right from the start, the discovery and validation phase we've been through, it was really clear that getting landing pages done quickly and easily without developers or IT was a real and observable pain for marketers. You know, we did a, a quite a extensive research before we even before started. Um, so we knew that that pain point was really important. And given, I mean, we're still, we're six years in and we're still not feature complete. So expanding at this point would be a bit of a would be a big distraction and counterproductive. Um, but sometimes marketing automation tools, pretty much all of them have a landing page component to their software, but being honest, they're really not going to diminish the product. It's just a signal of how complex a landing page platform is. <laughs> it's kind of funny when CEO Rick Perot, it's his idea, and he, when we started out, he's like, how hard can it be? It's just, it's just a page. We need an image on there, uh, a bit of text, and a button. And that's it. But the reality is it's a lot. We didn't even have forms on the page when we started um, as part of the product. But, you know, there's always been some internal dialogue about expanding the platform. Some people, you know, think, oh, we should do this or that. But we resist because it's kind of meta, but like an effective landing page where there's a laser focus is laser focused on one specific goal. We want to stay focused just on our goal, which is, you know, empowering marketers to create better marketing experiences by, you know, using landing pages for their campaigns. It doesn't mean we want to expand sure. the features in the future. You know, microsites, for example, are a viable option that we'll explore because that's still about creating a better marketing experience, like tailored to a campaign giving people, you know, the tools to do that. So that might be where we can expand to. Sure. No, I, I appreciate that. And, I, you know, you're right about the, the level of complexity that exists there. And I like what I like and what I'm hearing, and this look, we talk a lot about leadership here, uh, is that you, you've identified that focus and stayed true to that. But that's, look, there's a temptation always to expand that feature set, right? So, you know, what what specifically, can you identify with specificity some of the things that you've done to say, listen, we, we're going to maintain focus on on getting the landing page equation completely solved, removing that complexity for, for marketers to to take advantage of how they analyze and do their jobs. I mean, what what have you done internally to to make some of those difficult decisions that arise when it's tempting to expand that functionality? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we remind ourselves that we haven't finished solving this pain point, but one of the things we are focusing on is helping our lifers. Those are the people you know, looking at our, in our internal SaaS analytics, those, there are people who've been with us for 10 months or more. They tend to stick around, but there is, there's an aspect of churn there. Um, their biggest pain point at this point, at that point isn't getting them done. It's scaling. 
So when you have thousands of landing pages and thousands of assets in the system, the feature set needs to skew towards management workflow and collaboration. So that's really a signal that we need to stick to what we're doing, but help people, you know, stay with us longer and, and become like a, something they, they can never live without, essentially. Is the team aligned with that? In other words, do you have, are your employees, do they understand the, the natural, you know, conflict that arises when you're trying to accomplish something like that? And, and, and I guess in their everyday, because, you know, at the strategic level, it's one thing, but then boiling that down to the everyday, to the front line, if you will, I mean, is it, is it embedded in, your, your, in what you're doing as a company that every employee understands that this is the focus? Yeah, um, in different ways. I mean, we use OKRs. We just started doing that, like objectives, key results, as a as a way of structuring what our focus is. And one of our big focuses is churn. So the whole company is aligned in what we're doing from a feature perspective to help solve and a, and a customer success perspective to solve that problem. So everybody's very well aligned. It'll be the same when you know our product. Uh, a product management team there, you know, they work very closely with our customer success team to make sure we, we are building the right things. And so, yeah, from that point, everyone is, everyone's pretty aligned. We don't really, um, <laughs> I don't know, CTO Carl, he's always like, oh, I want to do this, so I want to do that. <laughs> but aside from that, no, we're, we're pretty well aligned. Now, that's good. I mean, look, I, I, one of the things I've discovered by doing, doing these interviews with uh, business leaders is that, I find that alignment is a natural of a successful company, right? That it's not necessarily, you know, big corporate corporations, sometimes they want to beat alignment in with catchphrases or placards on a wall. But, you know, more nimble companies because of the proximity with with how we are to, to our, our clients and customers that it's more ingrained. And, hey, if like, for instance, for your example, if, if churn is a, a metric that matters to us, then... I need to understand me, the employee, the frontline employee needs to understand that and, and translate that into what I'm doing on a day-to-day. Now, the question here would be, is that something that just kind of evolved into how you're executing? Or is it was it a conscious decision to say, listen, we're going to manage in this way so our, our, our people are connected to, in, in for, your, for example, this issue of churn? I mean, is it, is it a conscious decision to manage that way or is it an evolutionary process? Um, it's a bit of both. I mean, because we're growing, we're a fast-growing company, um, we're seeing that we need to understand how to scale, how to do that effectively, which is why we st- we, we just hired a new COO. We're really trying to structure a, a stronger kind of management layer, um, even though we have that structure. And that's why bringing these OKRs and really focusing on you know, what's important, we identified churn as being our major goal. Um, so now we even have, we have a, a churn task force set up, which is, there's one guy leading it. Um, and then there's people from every different functional group in the company. So they all work together to do research with our customers and, you know, and then talk to all of us and share the feedback. So, we, so we're all learning, you know, about this important fit event for us. Um, and how we can solve that. Uh, in terms of communication, like how, this is fairly new for us, but you know we have a monthly town hall every every month, and you know we've been going over these OKRs with the team. Like there are you know, there are yearly objectives and quarterly, and 
So it's a lot more structured than it used to be. I'll say that. Um, but, you know, these things happen as, as you scale. You know, um, this kind of moves me into my next kind of uh, you know discussion point here because um, you know that especially for fast growing companies trying to kind of embed that into the culture and then that's great that you're kind of communication is important and you're doing it on a regular schedule you know but culturally speaking is it something that I'll give you a great example you know in preparation for this I know you guys recently moved to a new office I saw you retweet something from one of your employees about the courage to try something new and delightful right and I think one of your employees had, had done a, a pretty cool mural on your new whiteboard there your whiteboard wall so I, it was kind of cool to see that right because okay so if I know anything about unbalance and I'm doing my homework when I'm in the buying process right I'm gonna see that hey new and, and delightful matters to these guys right so much so that one of the founders is kind of communicating that externally you know, so buried in here is a question, I promise, right? And the question would be that the tactics of measuring on a monthly basis and communicating, how do you make that kind of translate into the type of culture that you want to? Because you don't wanna, you know, while you're growing fast, you don't want to lose that sense of, of who you are, right? And look, this is, this is, I'm finding this to be kind of the, the really the most difficult transition, transition, if you will, for fast-growing companies is how do I connect who we are and so I don't lose that personality as I drive my growth. Yeah, I mean, we we one of our core values has six, and that's that mural you're talking about. Um, it, it has a lot of that's, it's our core values put up on the wall, and you know, transparency is one of those, and and delight is another. So we really try hard to to let people know how we function internally and how we like to translate that into how we deal with customers. I just got. Um, Tia, who's actually on the Churn Guild, she used to run our social. She just shared a quote today from one of our customers. And they said, what I love about Unbounce is a balance of the product and the culture. When I was looking for a tool, the difference with you guys was really the humans behind the product. So and I just came through today. So it's a perfect example. It's reinforcing that we're doing it right, um, which, is, which is great. It's so nice to, see, to hear that feedback. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a nice kind of ongoing loop of you know we do things and we hear good feedback um, and we do some pretty fun things you know our, our customer success team is incredible <laughs> the, the things they'll do like from you know cute uh happy birthday videos for a customer or even just you know someone tweeted something and we respond with a video or, or something there's always something there's a lot of rapid communication going on with our our customers or just fans or just people who are potentially interested so let me. Um, I, I like that, right? The the uh, the rapid response, rapid communication. It's much more personal. It's funny. I I think you know five years ago, social was more personal in nature. It's become kind of a little bit more sterile today, right? But that's I, I always love when a a company's more representing who they are, their personality, connecting with their customers, and you over those channels. So I'm encouraged to see that. But let me ask you this, and and I I just kind of came to my mind was we you were talking about that. You know, I mentioned the web series that you were doing for a while called Page Fights. I'm not sure if you're st are you still doing Page Fights? We just canceled it, actually. Uh, we did some research, and it was very polarized. Half of the people loved it, and half of them didn't. But they, they loved it and hated it for the same reason. It was conflicting, <laughs> and it wasn't growing the way we wanted it to. So we, we've canceled that for now. We're going to do something you know, bigger and better. Oh, great. Well, listen, I'm glad I asked the question then, right? Because I, what, I, what I saw about it was I thought it was pretty bold myself. I personally, I liked it, right? Because it was a bold kind of different 
uh, way to kind of juxtapose uh, content out there, and it was definitely a little edgy, right? I think it was intentionally so. Was you know was the edginess part of what people didn't like about it? Um, some people, yeah. It's also what people loved about it. I mean, they loved the fact that it was unadulterated, genuinely honest feedback. Um, but you know, some people took offense, and I mean, it's called page fights, not page hugs. <laughs> it's no, it was never intended to be this kind of, you know, thing. So, yeah, you can't please everybody, right? That's true. That's true. But uh, look, I think it brings up a good question. Like, so that's a great example of being unafraid, you know, to having the courage to try something new, right? And do you encourage your employees to take the kind of same tact here? Is that listen? You obviously have a job to do. Like again, that that uh, metric you talked about earlier is important to us. We have to solve that. But within those confines, you know, those are the boundaries, right? But within those boundaries, do you encourage your employees to bring their creativity to bring a certain level of courage to their jobs on the, on the daily? Definitely, and <laughs> you picked the right thing because courage is another one of our six core values. So we we do that for sure. Um, whether it's from me starting as a public speaker or uh, you know that trying something like that, we, we we just did a we just launched a podcast. We're we're trying these different things, um, or an empowerment is another one, like giving people. Letting them know we trust them and they can go do these things, that's one thing, like saying we empower them, but it's something entirely different for them to have the courage to go and do it. You know, some people don't know how to deal with that or it can be kind of scary. So it's kind of a two-way thing, you know, um, and being out there, being public, being as transparent as we are, you know, it does take courage for sure. So do you – now here's another thing that I'm kind of seeing a consistency across uh, organizations that have you know more success than the average company is that they embed the cert- – when, when they're searching for talent, their talent acquisition process includes criteria that's going to identify the right – um, the right personal fit, right? So in other words, the right personalities, the right cultural fit. Is that something that you consciously prioritize when you source talent into Unbounce? Um, yeah, I mean, we have a really unique hiring process, um, which I think is in large, in large part responsible for the excellence of our team and the culture that's evolved into it. Um, what we do, if you send your resume, uh, either digitally or, you know, paper form, we won't look at it. We'll just delete it or rip it up and throw it away. We don't want to see that because that, you know, that's what people send those things all around town. They'll send a resume to everyone, every tech company in town, trying to see. We ask people to open a free trial of Unbounce, build a landing page to tell us why we should hire them and why they want to work for us. And it immediately takes away, um, like think of them as of acquisition. It takes away customers, gives you ideal customers. So it, it just, it ups the level of people applying. The creativity and, and the, the effort that goes into them is incredible. And it, that's why we have such an amazing amazing company, I think. I think it's one of the biggest reasons. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny because Joel, um, a guy, he came to our Montreal office with his resume. We chatted. He's a great guy. He handed it to me at the end. He left. I put it in the recycling. 
So <laughs> that's the end of Joel. But luckily, he found out the actual way we like it to be done. He applied with the landing page. It was great. And we hired him. So he's here now. And, uh, you know, it's it's just a really great cultural thing that everyone can identify with, you know, because we share the pages around uh, around the office. Sure. We'll get a good laugh at them and <laughs> get inspired. <laughs> No, I, I tell you what, I love that. You know, I, it's funny because I, I ask that question a lot to my guests, and I've heard everything from you know one company really has has done this whole kind of uh, uh, almost like a quiz type of thing, not, and not necessarily to see people get the answers, but just kind of see them react. But this this using your approach into what you do to have uh, talent come into the organization that that's if, you, if I can say so, I think that's brilliant. So I'm I'm really encouraged to hear that. So listen, <clears throat> two quick questions, then I'll let you go here. I want to transition into the industry and how, you know, because you've focused on such a specific area, um, you know, there's I, I've seen you guys done a pretty good job with partnering, and you know the that that ecosystem of marketing automation is predisposes itself to hey. You know, there's so many options out there that it's easier, it's better for us as a company to play nicely with our competitors, like that co-opetition, if you will, than not, right? So I guess the question is, you know, how have you kind of navigated that ecosystem in regards to collaborating with uh, would-be competitors? Yeah, uh, I guess it depends what you define as, a, as competition. I mean, you know, our real competition are other landing page builders. Marketing automation, they're, they're tools that we integrate with. I mean, from, Rewinding a bit, from day one, we did two primary things to grow. We started doing inbound marketing from day one. Specifically, I, I started our blog on day eight, and I've written 350 posts on our blog. Uh, so we're very generous with our content, but the other half of it was technical integrations. So our first and most successful integration was with MailChimp, and that still ranks number one in terms of adoption amongst our customers. So these relationships we have with these other vendors are really important to us and to our customers. I mean, you know, we also also integrate with HubSpot, Marketo, Infusionsoft, Salesforce. Each of, well, some of them have their landing page thing, like I said, but they want to integrate with us because it's a stronger, you know, platform we have and their customers want it and our customers want it. So it, it's a, you know, we have this seamless integration with these tools and that means we also have, uh, we build great friendships and relationships with them. I mean, uh, you know, we're close with everyone in the industry. And when you're close like that, when you integrate, when you do, when you collaborate, everything becomes stronger. I mean, we do uh, partner web with all of these guys, uh, Marketo, HubSpot, Infusionsoft, MailChimp. Everyone we integrate with, we do partner webinars. We do ebook swaps. We have one coming up with HubSpot. And, you know, so we're really, really tight in the community. Um, it's important to us. And, yeah, uh there's enough room <laughs> in this industry for you know quite a lot of competition, and uh, you know even our competition we're friends with. I mean, I've sat down with CEOs of um, our closest competitors, and you know we're all in good terms. Now, you know, you know it's funny as you're kind of you're kind of covering that. It, it makes me reflect on. I think this industry in general is much more co cooperative in nature, right? I, matter of fact, I, I when I was reaching out to you to interest you to do a uh, guest spot on, on Leading Matters, I saw I came across a an interview that you had done where you talked about, or maybe it was a speaking gig you did where you talked about that content generosity and your most you you I think you had done a a, a huge infograph on uh, on on the Moz blog, if I'm not mistaken, and it just really 
uh, it had a great uh, outreach and, and things like that. And I think Moz is a great example too because they, you know, they're very generous with their content and they collaborate. And I'm thinking I, they made me think of HubSpot and they, they really uh, generate content not never to shill their product but just to lift the profession, right? It seems like you're, you're doing that as well. So the last question I would have for you is what do you, I mean, is it unique to this industry you think to be so collaborative? And if it is, I mean, what, what are the, the benefits? What have the benefits been to your ability to, you know, to continue to drive where you're headed and, and keep that workforce challenged? It's definitely a stronger thing in this, you know, in the SaaS industry, um, in online software and technology because it, because it's newer. Um, it's very open and transparent, you know, thanks to people like Moz, Unbounced, Buffer. Uh, you know, we're exposing all this stuff. We're, le- stuff, we're lever- leveling the playing field for the SaaS business model, which enables people to come into it very quickly. Um, so it's a bit of a community. And, yeah, it's not the same in other industries. Some are quite a bit further behind. Some are necessarily cut off from one another, like in um, uh, the education space. They don't want anything with each other. They they need to keep their secret their acquisition to themselves, and you know they don't really want to share so much. So you know, and same with e-commerce. You know, if if someone on e-commerce an amazing A/B test, they get a list on their sales. They don't want to share that case study because every e-commerce site is essentially the same, and if someone copies it, you lose your advantage. So it it depends on the industry for sure. I mean. Yeah, I I would encourage everyone to be open and collaborative. I mean, like I said, it's a big market. And when you work together, you build these relationships that are mutually beneficial to your business. But more importantly, they're beneficial to our customers' businesses, and that's what we want. I mean, talking about post, and just quickly, our core values are transparency, humility, empowerment, courage, delight, and generosity. Um. That guest post I wrote for Moz back in 2010, it was 15,000 words, a 15 million pixel infographic, and it's the biggest post I've ever written. And we could have put that on our own blog, but there was more potential to put it on the Moz blog because it's a much bigger community than we were just starting out. Um, but, you know, that that's... That's kind of scary. That, I mean, Rand was like, whoa, you're giving that to us? That's huge. You know, so that's generous. That's uh, courageous. And it's delightful because people love that. And it just blew up. It was massive exposure for us. I mean, it's been translated into, I think, like 10 or 12 languages. And it, it's, it, went, it was really, really huge. So, and it took me a long time, you know, a few months, not full time, but, you know, working on it every day. So we were kind of one of the first to do content marketing. There was a few doing it before us, but we were, you know, we were in the big early days of it and it really worked out well. And, but it, it's a risk for sure, but it paid off. That's great. Now I, I, I love that story. I'm glad you, you kind of filled it in a little bit there. So 
Listen, uh, you know, we just want to wrap it up and thank you again for, for joining me. And for those of you that are, are listening, and we've talked about a lot here, I talked about culture and focus and, you know, the courage to be collaborative and really the generosity and, and, the, and why generosity pays back, you know, uh, 10 times, you know, 20 times, even a hundredfold. So um, listen, Ali, I, I love what you do. I love uh, what you cover and how you approach it. I've, I've uh, always paid attention. I was really glad to get you to join me today. So listen, we've been speaking with Ali Gardner, of co-founder of Unbounce. You could find them at unbounce.com. And I would also encourage you to look up Ali and see some of the other, he does a lot of these uh, and his, it's always valuable. So look him up on, on YouTube and, and see some of the speaking that he's done and, and some of the uh, interviews that he's done because I guarantee you'll learn a thing or two. So Ali, thank you so much for your time and uh, you know I'll keep an eye on what you've got going on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure and thanks for having me on. Thank you.